You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. And these half hour segments are bringing the list of advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. For this episode, my 102nd episode, we're going to speak to the industry colleague, Neil Gomes, Chief Digital Officer, as well as Senior Vice President for Technology Innovation and Consumer Experience with Thomas Jefferson University in Jefferson Health. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hi, um, thank you, Justin. Thanks for having me. Um. That's, uh, we met um, about uh, a couple months ago at the Health Innovation Think Tank event. Um, and I know uh, the entire group was very impressed with uh, not only presentation uh, in your style, but also what you're creating at Thomas Jefferson and Jeff Health. So. I was excited to have you on the show. Uh, I certainly want to walk through some of those strategies and best practices. Um, but before we dive into all that, um, where do you live now? And uh, but but more importantly, almost is where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? A little bit of a background on you. Sure. Uh, well, right now I live in the New Jersey area and I work in Philadelphia. Um, but a little bit about my story: um, I am um, originally from a place called Goa in India. And uh, studied uh, in a Jesuit school there uh, many years ago. And um, uh, after I did my uh, my uh, undergrad in uh, physics and electronics, uh, I then um, started an MBA. Uh, after I got done with my MBA, I um, started working for a company called the Tata Group of Companies. Uh, not uh, uh, many people have heard of them. Uh, but but mostly in India, but they're a five, Fortune 500 company, about a 108 billion dollar company, a very large conglomerate. Um, and uh, while I was with the Tata Group of Companies, I did a little bit of a startup within uh, the Tata Group of Companies, um, along with a bunch of other people. Uh, this is a small company that stayed small for some time, but then uh, with a little investment from the Tata Group of Companies. Uh, grew into one of the world's largest developers of custom e-learning applications. We went from about uh, 60 employees when I was hired um, in 2000 uh, to about uh, 650 by uh, the beginning of 2002. So in two years, we grew to a large company. And then, um, and then I decided I was really passionate about uh, what we were doing there. That I wanted to study it, and so uh, moved to the U.S. Uh, to do my studies in a field called instructional technology and um, did my master's there, worked for the same institution that I studied at, the University of South Florida in Tampa, uh, and um, and there grew another e-learning enterprise um, we, uh, where we created a tremendous uh, amount of momentum behind e-learning and technology-enhanced learning at the University of South Florida. Um, with um, large numbers of enrollments in the 65 to 80,000 uh, enrollments per semester there, uh, and and generated a lot of revenue um, with with some good return, mm-hmm. and then um, and then went on to um, 
um, to uh, into a foray into healthcare um, with USF Health. So I moved from USF Maine to USF Health, and um, and there um, started working with uh, uh, with with some great minds. Uh, did a lot of uh, uh, corporate training as well as application development, and then um, moved to uh, Jefferson in 2014. Uh, to work with the president and CEO here uh, to um, to create this digital enterprise in healthcare. Uh, the president and CEO had just uh, started working with Jefferson and uh, wanted understood the value of technology. Uh, his name is Dr. Steve Clasco. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a technologist at heart, but also a, a really a great physician as well as a great leader. And so he um, he sees this this change in healthcare. Um, he's a a great visionary in that space, and um, uh, and and has invested in technology like I haven't seen any other uh, institutions invest. You know, healthcare institutions and education institutions invest. So it's it's uh, it's a great place to be. So no, thank you for that. So you guys have you know quite a reputation. Jefferson Health certainly does um, for digital health solutions and consumer experience. Um, how have you and your team contributed to this evolution? Yeah, so um, I'm glad you said team because uh, that's really what it is. Uh, It's a great team effort. Uh, We've been able to build a really good team, uh, and we've been very focused on doing it a certain way, Um, you know, almost like uh, uh, the way that most uh, great digital solutions get developed, uh, which is uh, like a startup, you know, and uh, we operate this company inside a company, as I call it, because I feel like that's something I know to do well. I uh, did it at the Tata Group of Companies, did it uh, here, uh, did it at the University of South Florida, and now hopefully uh, get this, um, get the same results here at Jefferson or even better. Uh, the, um, so the way that we've designed our team is uh, one where, uh, uh, you know, we have a, a strong focus on design, a strong focus on development, but uh, through agile and scrum principles and the lean startup methodologies that we like using. Yep. And also a very, very strong focus on uh, the consumer. So uh, we feel that a lot of disruption in digital in multiple industries has happened because of a focus on the consumer. And uh, and so that has led us to developing this great reputation, you know, because we not just great, create great services or products, but we do them in a way that they're meaningful to the organization, they're meaningful to the consumer, and they're meaningful also to the teams that make them, you know, not just our team, but also the clinical teams that we work with, the sure. academic teams that we work with. Sure. So, and obviously, and I and I love you in your your discussion in your um, kind of your presentation during the think tank. You you did focus a lot on the consumer aspect um, and certainly right. the integration with digital health. So, how do you see such solutions contributing to in shaping the future of healthcare? Great. Um, well, uh, so if you look at several other industries, right, um, uh, most of the disruption that has happened in travel happened in in hospitality and uh, uh, retail, even now we're seeing that uh, not just uh, stay in this digital space, but also move into the physical with Amazon, uh, you know, looking to buy Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, it's it's been digital platforms, right? I mean, uh, uh, the major disruptions in the last few years have been caused by infrastructure that supports these digital platforms, but primarily by digital platforms and people developing solutions around industries. Um, and doing it in a way either that that this innovation happens within companies that are just working 
towards uh, creating a business or uh, other organizations that are coming in and optimizing. You know, and there's a neat ecosystem about that. Uh, so I think the same is going to happen in, in healthcare and has already started happening. You see the investments in digital health, um, you know, they're tremendous. And uh, there's a reason for that. There's a lot of things that in healthcare are broken and uh, need to be fixed. Um, and, and there really hasn't been a focus on the consumer or the customer as such, right? I mean, we, we provide a great ser service, we have great results, but um, we don't do it in a way that is service oriented or you know, consumer focused. Um, uh, our consumers and, and you and I even as, as healthcare consumers, uh, we, we take a lot uh, you know, and, we, and we just say, okay, well, the value at the end of this is tremendous. It's my life or it's someone else's life that I care about. And, and so I'll, I'll take the pain, right, in that process. If it's a weird bill, if it's waiting hours to see a physician, mm -hmm. uh, all of that, we, we bear that up. But slowly, that is changing, you know, and it's changing not just from the consumer perspective, but also from companies that offer this service, right? Um, and and they're, they're saying, no, we can do better, and we can do better and uh, sustain it, you know, financially also. And so um, consumers are seeing that as the new product. And so we have to uh, not like shy away from that, but embrace that concept and and develop more on it because it is making uh, this uh, this entire environment of healthcare and the whole ecosystem better. So that's why I feel that you know more, a lot of healthcare companies have to become a little bit like software companies too because mm -hmm. they have to create their own digital platforms for delivery of great health via digital uh, in in concert with digital, you know, even if it's a very physical thing. Yeah. And then they have to create their own flavor around it, you know, and, and hence they have to enter this, uh, this kind of realm uh, or else, you know, they'd be left behind. They'd be implementing someone else's solutions, may not always work best for them. Uh, and it could tremendously affect their, uh, their ROI at the end of the day. So when you say consumer-focused digital health, I guess what comes to my mind is, is number one, kind of wayfinding around a campus, um, but then also I see virtual care, you know, telehealth, but even more so virtual care, um, appointment setting and, and management of appointments and scheduling. Do you see the, do you see the same and, and where, what else have I missed or what, what have I left off there? Yeah, those are the immediate, uh, very, very important uh, points that you brought up there, Justin. I mean, they're, they're the immediate things that we see, you know, when we think about digital health, uh, because, you know, we put ourselves into that situation and we feel, okay, this is what we would benefit from, right? Getting us there uh, on time, you know, in a way that, that is uh, friction-free. Yep. Uh, um, also, uh, you know, then from then on doing follow-ups really well, telling us where to go if you need to do labs and those types of things while we're there to help us move around the place really well. Certainly all things that digital can do. But I feel it also goes deeper than that. You know, digital can also help with uh, enhancing uh, back-end processes, you know, to make things easier. And I think we need to go that deep in order to see these results at the front end. Uh, because you can create a great platform for uh, wayfinding, for example, mm -hmm. uh, but if you get the person there very efficiently, and uh, but they still have to wait two hours for yes. an appointment, uh, I mean, to see their physician, yeah. uh, then, uh, you know, all of that effort is for naught, right? Because, okay, you got them there, they're happy, but... Uh, now they're unhappy because they couldn't see the uh, they couldn't see the position. Or if you increased access, you know, services on the web. If you if you opened up access on the web, 
and then uh, the the patient only got an appointment like three months later, or worse still, nobody called them back if that was a if there was a callback situation. Then that's a bad thing. So we have to look at the entire process uh, and use digital technologies to enhance that, but also use design. You know, and that's something that we do that's slightly different from mm-hmm. most uh, other digital organizations. And uh, uh, we work with the clinical groups uh, almost ethnographically, going out to the practices and saying, okay, well, can we sit here? Can we observe? Can we see what's happening? Can we work very closely with you to understand what the problems are, what outcomes you want to generate, and then design uh, digital solutions in concert with you to address each of those problems and look at the the entire ecosystem of a patient's experience, not just one episode in it. So, uh, so that's what we do. We do take these things step by step. We do prioritize on what we do first and, and all of that. But I think you have to go deep uh, and and to solve the problems at the front end. But you're right. You pick the right uh, the right areas. You know that that affect a consumer at the front end digitally. Yeah. No. But well said on your part. So. I know there's a lot of buzz around artificial intelligence or AI and machine learning uh, in healthcare. We saw a big splash at HIMSS 17. I know we're going to see a lot more coming in HIMSS 18, the annual conference. But are we ready to call the you know the iPhone or the Android phone our primary care physician? <laughs> well, there two, there's two there's two questions in that, so I'll take them <laughs> a little bit separately. Sure. Uh, the um, <clears throat> Uh, whether uh, the the AI and machine learning, right? I'll I'll, I'll address that first. Um, I think um, I think that that is certainly a foundational enabler. It is not the uh, it's not the innovation. Uh, you know, the innovation is the ultimate service that we provide that uses uh, AI and ML, right? And mm-hmm. uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, so we have to design solutions and services that leverage this new tool that we have, right? For, for healthcare that is kind of getting a little bit commoditized also, so it makes it a little bit easier for people to use, to infuse into a clinical workflow and all of that. So that's the great and promising stuff about AI and machine learning. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's not something that's fake or something. You know, it's something that actually works, that people have been using in other industries for tremendous amounts of time. And now we have this opportunity to use it in healthcare in a way that works for healthcare. Um, so, so that's the great. Uh, it's not just buzz. I think there's there's real value there. We've done some work uh, on multiple AI and ML platforms more recently on the IBM Watson platform, uh, where we are in the process of designing a cognitive patient concierge, right? So, mm-hmm. addressing the patient experience, where uh, you know we're trying to reduce anxiety and for a patient in an inpatient clinical setting, and at the same time, uh, we are also uh, doing it in a way that most other institutions can use it. Uh, they're almost productizing it uh, along with them. And also it addresses real operational um, efficiencies in, in the clinical process, the, the care delivery process. Uh, so therefore bringing back or returning some investment to the organization, time, uh, money, uh, so that uh, it becomes a little bit more efficient. So, uh, and that's using AI, that's using machine learning. So these are real examples, right? Now, your second question, are we ready to call our iPhone or Android phone our primary care physician? Um, I, uh, I don't think so. And I don't think that's the intent, um, you know, at least from, from the digital innovation side. Uh, the, the goal is to, to produce uh, AI and ML in the clinical setting that, that could augment the experience, right? So that 
uh, the the care that is being delivered, even if it's on a telehealth kind of call, let's say, right? And you're on a telehealth call, pure digital now that we're talking about, the the physical experience is this person in uh, you know talking to you. Um, we could augment that whole experience by collecting information that is relevant at the outset when the patient joins the call, let's say, then uh, using that information to drive uh, insights to the physician when they come on the call. So to say, okay, well, uh, you know, in your area, these types of symptoms that the patient has reported, there's about five to six other patients that have reported similar symptoms, right? You could yeah. even get down to the zip code. If it is something related to allergies, you could uh, alert them to that. If it's something related to an environmental situation, you could alert them to that, right? Or if it was specific to that patient, let's say that patient has had five or six of such calls in the last uh, five or six months, or even if it was three years earlier that that patient had called about that issue, right? And mm -hmm. a similar issue. So it's something to do about the time of the year that that patient experiences this kind of thing, right? Uh, all of that intelligence could be passed to the physician to make a faster decision, to make a better decision, to make one that uh, might have gotten missed in the past, right? So that's really where I think AI and machine learning is going to going to come in, and that way it gives more time to the patient, to the physician, to focus on the empathy, to focus on on wellness, to focus on uh, the emotional aspects of things that are happening within the call, uh, so they can develop those types of skill sets also. Uh, in the future, certainly physicians may not uh, be required to learn and and um, kind of memorize all of these different types of permutations and combinations of things that could happen to a person. A, a an artificial intelligence could certainly do that better, but I still think in the delivery of care, you know, you need to have that human connection. Uh, you need to have it augmented by these types of technologies, but I wouldn't lose that. Yeah, no, I I, um, I completely agree with your perspective. And, and those just tuning in, uh, we're speaking with Neil Gomes, Chief Digital Officer for Thomas Jefferson University and Jefferson Health. So during the think tank, you spoke about your digital innovation consumer experience groups. They call it DICE. Uh, and, and you mentioned a little bit today on reducing the friction in healthcare. Can you elaborate on that? What do you mean by that exactly? I love the term and I agree with you, but what do you mean by that specifically? Fantastic. If you've been listening to this point, you know, you uh, as the folks that have been listening, you, you understand that we're very focused on design. We're very focused on being agile, right? Yes. Uh, but we're also focused um, on uh, being great noticers. I always tell uh, my team, you know, there's, uh, uh, I read this uh, in a book somewhere about, uh, you know, the great, um, the folks that invent a lot of things and the great inventors of our time were also great noticers of uncomfortable things, right? Things that make you uncomfortable in processes, in your daily life and all of that. And they said, okay, why don't we do this a little bit better? So I like to see those things as being things that cause friction, right? And mm -hmm. if you've ever interacted with health systems, you'll know that there is a lot of friction in healthcare, right? And some of it is inherent. Some of it is because there's so many players in healthcare. Some of it is, uh, it's a complex, complex field, right? So, but there's always, always a chance to reduce that friction. And and that's something that, uh, uh, you know, is, is, is easy to also quantify, you know, it's easy to say to someone, okay, do you see a point of friction here, you know, in this entire process? And what we mean by friction? Well, you know, do you see a point where there is some inconvenience that is caused? There is some waiting, there is some delay, is there, there is some, um, uh, some consternation that you wouldn't otherwise see in other environments? Is there something here that you wouldn't even tolerate in other environments and other transactions that you 
uh, that that you undertake in your daily life, right? And so then it brings a, a, a lot out of those folks, you know, that you're interacting with. Even patients, you know, we, we raise this question with them. They're like, oh, I get it now, you know, uh, let me tell you about all the points that, have, uh, that, that upset me. So it's not just um, a, a great way to engage your, the pe people that work with you, but it's also a great way to engage the people that experience some of this. Uh, and uh, the, the takeaway I would say is that we need to become better noticers of that friction. It's very, very important. We are a, a, a high friction environment in healthcare and education. And there's so many opportunities in each of these little obstacles. You know, there's a great book called The Obstacle is the Way, mm -hmm. uh, which talks about these types of things. You know, a, a challenge is not really something to be disappointed about. It's an opportunity. You know, it's an opportunity to bring about some change, develop something new, and and create some even some potentially some intellectual property behind it that 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 you could use in into the future. So, so I think uh, that's that really gels well with people. You know, it it kind of uh, gets them on on the right foot, started on the right foot uh, to solving problems. Um, and 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 we've had great conversations with clinicians, with developers, with designers when we start in this way. And I think. Um, everybody should start focusing on reducing friction in healthcare. It'd be, it'd be such a great future for healthcare. No, I love it. I, I completely agree. And I think some of my just personal investments have been around the consumer um, aspect of how healthcare is evolving. And I think part of it is reducing that friction. So I, I'm right. aligned with you a hundred percent. So right. we talked, we talked today a little bit, we'd mentioned the future of healthcare. We certainly talked a lot about the future of healthcare during our health innovation think tank, but what would you say is one of the key principles for my audience here um, that we need to focus on as we, you know, in our journey towards value-driven, consumer-focused, um, the future? What would you say we have, what are some key principles there, your perspective? Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, in healthcare, because it's a, a very people-centric, um, um, you know, kind of system, that it's very, very important that before you develop any solution, uh, mm -hmm. you focus on experiencing the problem. You know, that we found to be the most valuable thing for us. You know, we have uh, traditionally, most of IT is focused on, uh, you know, collecting a problem, evaluating whether the problem needs to be solved almost in a discrete kind of manner where, you know, we have someone fill up a form, explain their problem, and then we will allocate resources based on governance processes and all of that. And all that's great. But uh, the the thing is, you know, the the experiencing of the problem gets shifted way too late in that process. You know, it gets shifted to a point where somebody says, "Okay, this is priority high enough priority," or "Okay, your time has come up in this queue. Now we'll look at your problem." And after everybody's waited, there's been a lot of trend, uh, there's been a lot of transactions back and forth, people submitting information, someone vetting, doing all of that stuff, lots of organizational time spent in that process, and then finally it reaches a point where someone can actually go out and experience the problem. And at that point, they might realize, hey, this, wait a minute, this is not a problem really, you know, or wait a minute, this could be solved by something else, and then everybody spent all that time, you know, uh, and sometimes that doesn't even happen, and that's even worse, yes. right? So I think uh, you know, if you, if you, the one key principle, you know, if you want to develop value-driven consumer-focused uh, solutions, you know, to, to affect that future in healthcare, we have to have to focus on experiencing the problem 
use this ethnographic research kind of method. You know, go out the moment someone comes up with something, spend a little bit of time. It's not a lot, right? Uh, flip that model a little bit. Where you, instead you say to them, okay, well this this is value driven. Seems like is consumer focused, right? Is uh, uh, valuable potentially to the organization. Let's go out and see the actual problem. And many times you'll be surprised how many problems right. you can even uh, uh, you, you can even avoid solving. You know that don't need solving because there is an existing solution already that's out there. Uh, or there's a slightly uh, one tweak in the process that you can make that uh, that results in the same thing or a much simpler solution than the client actually thought that's already out there. And then you're on to the next thing instead of you know having everyone uh, spend a lot of time in an aggravating process. So yeah. so I think that is uh, one thing, one fundamental difference that uh, uh, that we found in, in the way that we operate our team uh, that we think might. Uh, be a great key principle. We have actually about 12 principles that guide our team, oh, wow. but I feel like this one is the most uh, uh, is the most valuable to us. Well, that one, I mean, to be honest, I mean, that's also just a great, and not only great for your for your institution, for healthcare in general, but also just for great for entrepreneurs. Uh, that's just great advice overall for people, you know, building companies, building products, and so forth. Right. But I'm going to move into the kind of the lightning round. I got two more questions I want to get to about 30 second answers yeah. um, a piece. Uh, and you got a lot of great experience. So uh, what innovation or innovations do you see in the horizon that maybe we're not focused on today or that you're looking to implement in the next two to three years at Thomas Jefferson and Jeff Health? Okay. Uh, well, I think the biggest innovation that most healthcare organizations need to invest in is something I mentioned right at the outset. And that is developing, um, to some extent, their flavor of a healthcare delivery platform that involves digital. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's tremendously important. That platform, the digital platform, yeah. is, is key to the future of most healthcare organizations, which is why we recognize it at Jefferson and we are investing in that space. I think uh, other healthcare organizations need to do that too. Uh, a lot of the things we talked about, you know, even design, even artificial intelligence and machine learning, mm -hmm. uh, the consumer focus side of things, those are all, well, not maybe the consumer focus, but everything else are mostly uh, enablers. You know, they're enablers, even the digital platform itself is the enabler of the end result being a very, very consumer focused solution that's going to be agile and that's going to address the specific needs of those consumers. They may not even know those needs right now, right? I'll give you a great example in retail, right? Amazon, for example, uh, you know, didn't say, oh, well, I want to be Six Sigma on this or something like that, right? Yep. What they said was, we want to be able to deliver a package in two days. Right. Okay, everything else needs to get behind that. Why? Because we think the consumer in five years from now is going to expect that or is going to want that, or it could be a way that they may not want that. They may not know they want that, but it would be a great way for us to differentiate ourselves. And we can, we know we can build that into a competitive advantage, right? So let's do that now. So I think that's, uh, uh, you know, what healthcare also needs to do and healthcare organizations is, is invest in that maybe slightly unique to themselves, but that uh, digital platform that's going to deliver uh, that future for healthcare. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're at time. I appreciate it, my friend. Neil, you are a terrific guest, very insightful, a lot of best practices and just uh, 
good guidance overall. So thank you very much for your time, my friend. And uh, thank you very much. You got it. No, thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening and joining us today. Please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor. You can use the hashtag ThisJustIn so we can respond to your comments from the show. In addition, all my content will be posted at justinbarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week.